In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, there's nobody I'd rather have on right now than Michael Gibbons because he's a good guy. Uh, he's getting ready to to support a great cause, the David Ortiz Celebrity Golf Tournament, um, which we all are. It's a great cause, but we were just talking about this. Is that you know, there's one of the great things about that event is that you actually see, okay, here's five thousand dollars. This is how much it costs to have a heart transplant for a little kid. You know, <laughs> to me, that that's what hits, right? Most definitely. Um, just and especially when he brings uh, every every year uh, one of the children and families that he helped through the foundation and just seeing the smiles and the joy of them able to live on and a happy life. Yeah. And so this is a great it's a great event. It's a great charity. It's also I'm really happy because it's connected us to talk a little bit about baseball. And um, and the first thing I wanted this this touch on out of the gate, it's like, how you doing? Like, so how you doing? I know that you had some some aches and pains and some injuries and things like that. How do you feel in going into 2024? I'm good. Um, uh, hey, can't complain because uh, I've been blessed throughout uh, nine seasons. Uh, this is the first time being hurt. Uh, been pitching through since 2015, healthy, throwing a lot of innings throughout my uh, young career. Then the last few years been doing well. Then it was just a little bump in the road that uh, had just to get over. But at, right now, just – grinding away and uh, getting healthy and uh, looking forward uh, till ne- uh, to next season. So all systems go for next year? Or are you still you still rehabbing things or where do you stand? Uh, all still, everything's still to go. And just still, um, I'm just still trying to just continue getting healthy and trying to just build the strength and just be, uh, be ready to pitch again and let my kids see, uh, see me play again. Well, that's how old are your kids now? I got a seven-year-old, and it's soon to be five in December. Okay, so this is a sweet spot. This is it. Like, so, so I, I totally get this, man. I, I totally get the motivation of of you want your kids to see you play, and because you've had such a good career, man. Uh, you've had such a good career, and you've had so many ups. But now comes the next le- le- level, the next wave of the kids r- running out to you. I remember we had our guy Joe Kelly. You know, his kid ran out to the mound. He was doing a rehab and jumped into his arms. I mean, Knox, Knox is seven years old, but that's that's the type of thing that hits, right? I mean, if you want motivation, let's go, right? Yeah, the kids is definitely my motivation, and especially uh, my young, my youngest to be in kindergarten, and my oldest is the second grade. And uh, this year, I got to do a great American teaching to talk to their class and talk about my career and. Just seeing the smiles on my daughter's face is uh, just 
telling their uh their classmates about my career and how happy they were to travel with me and had a, a experience since they were young. So it's just been the motivation to continue to uh, put smiles on their faces. Okay, so I never, I have never been a professional baseball player, but now I'm interested. If I go to into a class, and I and, and I have my my daughter, my kids there, and you know you're rattling through. You want to give the right speech. I mean, you've been on the mound in big moments, but it's different going in the class. You want to make sure that you represent, you know, your your kids' class, and you don't want to be the boring dad, right? So, <laughs> right, so. What what hit the most? Like what what was the thing that hit the most? Not necessarily maybe with the class, but also that you saw your your daughter just like, oh man, like I am so happy that my dad um, my dad is here doing this. It hit the most because I did a, a slideshow of my daughter when she was uh, basically a nine month old, and she got the in two thousand sixteen went to the playoffs. She got to go to Toronto for that uh, Orioles Blue Jays uh, wild card game. And I put a highlight video from her being that young as an infant until now. And the classmates got to see it. And everybody's going to ask her questions. That that what hit me. And, uh, and having uh, the kids like, oh, my gosh, y'all, you were actually our favorite uh, great American teaching that came in. I was like, OK, that's even more better to even do that because now my my child is like is uh, very uh, happy to have a father like me and to be in, uh, motivated to she can walk the footsteps of the grind and the and understand and experience what she had to go through and the classmates understand too. Yeah, and, and listen, I mean, this is we've talked a lot about baseball, but, you know, the whole premise of baseball, like this is life, right? I mean, this is it's great, but there's so much adversity that you have to go through and then to come out on the other side and have those big moments. And I know that you your story is that. Like this is when you when and I'm sure you said this in the classroom, but your story wasn't just like the straight line. It wasn't just the hey, I, I'm the high school pitcher who throws 100 miles an hour. Everybody <laughs> come get me. You were a position player, correct? You were a position player first, yeah. And then you're like, okay, that was, and you were drafted as a position player, right? Yeah, in the second round. Yeah, so second round pick, position player. You're going along. It, for whatever reason, it's just not clicking. And then, hey, why don't you try pitching? I mean, this is – I'm being very dramatic here. Maybe I'm in a dramatic mood, but I'm like, this is life, man. Like, this is life. It's like just one door closed. And I don't know when you get to that point when you're when you're hitting, you're, you know, you're not hitting, you're not doing what they expected. All eyes are on you as the second-round pick. If if you're like, what am I going to do now? Like, I don't know what your mindset was like that, but I know how it ended up. But what was your mindset back then? Um, I was very uh, fortunate and uh, blessed. I was a two-way coming out of the draft in 2009. I was a pitcher as well, so it wasn't like I just got thrown in the fire. But I was a uh, – teams had to pick if they wanted me to pitch or be the position player, but the Baltimore Orioles picked me as a infielder. Then I went through that grind and went, went through some up and downs but i only played short for only two years so uh drafting manny machado having jonathan scope jj hardy ryan flaherty so we had some great yeah it's great players so were you like, like were you like you drive you got too many shortstops here what's going on so i i still believe to this day i could have been a, a great infielder but like the the road to the show for me was a great path while i was a pitcher so i didn't really 
give any uh, setback of, no, I don't want to do that. Let me keep uh, hitting. I just knew I had a lot of great influence with uh, uh, Adam Jones and Matt Weeders and everybody else. And I just wanted to be in the big leagues, regardless if, if it's how it, how, how it was going to end up. I just wanted to be in the big leagues. So being going up through the system with Manny Machado and Jonathan Scope, we're like the three uh, match brothers in the infield. It was the best defensive team I ever played with. And <laughs> we were turning double plays, making plays like unbelievable, like big league plays. And we had our infield coordinator, Bobby Dickerson, uh, with the Phillies now. And he was impressed with us. But we had great arms. And I I took the initiative, the knowing that I can hopefully get quicker to the big leagues as a pitcher and I took it. And, and I got to be with my guys with uh, Jonathan Scope and Manny Machado playing with them for quite a, uh, three or four years. Well, well, so you're reminding me as you're talking, you reminded me. So we had a podcast earlier this year okay. with a uh, guy who pitches for the Nationals, Jordan Weems, who actually had a really, really good year. And he was a catcher. He was the same thing. And so you know, everyone has a different story. But what I remember about him when they called him in the office and said, we want you to pitch, it was that taking as much as you were a pitcher before, still, like you're doing for those years, you're doing everything you can. So when that day comes, was it the relief? All right. Hey, you listen, I can turn the page. No problem. Or what? Just give me a day to get my head around this because, because I've been focusing on hitting a baseball, not throwing it. Um, I, it was just, a, this wasn't, uh, any back thoughts or anything. I took initiative that Brian Graham was really great when I was, he was our, um, minor league coordinator and he's stayed on top of me, communicated and he didn't say no. I don't think you can be an infielder in the big leagues. I just think, Hey, let's try this. I think because of the amount of prospects as you being a prospect as an infielder, Machado, Ryan Flaherty and, uh, um, and Jonathan Scope. I was like, hey, let's you want to get to the big league squid? Let's try this route. And I just I believed in them, and it took the right a right initiative, and it worked out. So I got to pitch only two years, two and a half years, and got to the big league so quick, and got to have this long longevity uh, career and have success. So I use a lot of it, and it's not a failure as an infielder. I use a lot of it to learn how to understand hitting's hard. <laughs> Hitting's really hard, so I take initiative in like reading swings and being around. Now I have both sides of learning how to talk with hitters and talk with pitchers, and I use that as when I use my scouting report what I'm looking for. The last question I have in this topic, because you know, I just I'm, I apologize, Mike, because I just get going on something, and like it's I just have question upon question upon question. But obviously, anytime this subject comes up, it's the cliche question. Hey, Shohei Itani does it. There has to be more guys who can do it. And there's been guys, right? I mean, I'm talking about doing both. There's been guys who have tried. Um, I remember, for instance, I mean, this is just an example that jumps to mind. The Tampa Bay Rays had a fourth overall pick, Brennan McKay. Uh, He was a two-way guy. It didn't work out for him. But the idea was, hey, maybe he can do it. Um, So from your perspective, having done both, do you think that this is just a one-off, or do you think that guys actually can do this? Um, I, I I just take the to say that give all caps tip my cap, cap off to Altani because that's just it is hard. It's uh, for him to do it. 
we saw in the beginning of spring training, we didn't even think he could hit. He had a very good big struggles. We thought he was just going to be a straight pitcher. But he took the initiative of making adjustments, uh, cut down his leg kick, and kind of went no stride. I, I think it's still a hard task. I'm not going to say, oh, because Otani can do it, we all can do it. I think just, you just have to give tip your hat off that people can do it and give them a try mm-hmm. and just not just uh, cut them off a little too quick. Let them grind through it and see what he they can do. Hopefully they can. And he uh, took a, a praise that uh, Buck Shawalter – one day we had a rain uh, delay and situation in Boston. He asked me, hey, do you still own a cup? I was like, no. <laughs> so, like, having to a- able to have a manager trusting you to ask you that question, and I could have go played infield. Like, Mookie Betts is a great athlete. Yeah. He can go play multiple positions. So, having a pitch – and I got the pitch run for my first time last year with Buck Charger um, at first base because he trusted me being an athlete. So, I think it's it's still hard. I'm not going to say, oh, Otani can do it. Anybody can do it. I think it's he's a, just a freak of an athlete that's able to do it. But I I believe now of him doing it, there's going to be more people you can try to trust in and be able to have that opportunity to have that uh, uh, that extra thing in the back pocket. We have a pitcher can do multiple stuff. Well, it's it's opened the door, right? And you guys, may, I don't know, maybe you have had teammates or or friends or whatever who said, hey, you know what? I didn't think I was going to be able to do this, but maybe now I can at least go go up to the manager or go up to my GM. Say, hey, just I just want to put this in your head. Like I, like you said, this. I think the biggest thing is I don't know if anyone can do it. We don't know because we only have one, right? Right. Yeah. Consistently, but we do know this is that there, the door has been open to at least have the conversation more. Right? Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Uh, just uh, thinking on top of my head, I got to play with Michael Lorenzen. Uh, oh, yeah. He, he was a really good hitter. Honestly, he played a little bit of outfield for the Cincinnati Reds. And when I was there for a short period of time during uh, 2020, I think 21, there was a guy that, that they just show a spark. And that's what I'm saying, like with that situation, to have that trust in your manager to say, hey, we need another bat. Can you do it? And he he's, has shown it. I think we're going to, I think it opened a lot of doors and a lot of eyes to managers and uh, front office to oh, hopefully give that opportunity to somebody. When So now I want to spin it since uh, – so I guess maybe we can merge this with Latani, but you were in the uh, WBC 2017, correct? Correct. Yeah. So uh, I have a couple of questions about this because this is it, – it's funny, Michael, because we, we look back at the season and I say, well, it's weird that the most memorable at bat of the entire year – was an exhibition game in March, you know, with Otani facing Trout, but it is what it is. So the first thing I have, like, when you watched this year and you haven't went through it in 2017, what jumped out in terms of the difference of it? I mean, the obvious answer is, well, more players played, you know, the intensity maybe was amped up, but what was your perspective of the evolution of it between that time? I give a lot of praise that it's a different having different cultures. Like you know, you get to experience the Japanese, the Mexican team, the Cuban team, the Puerto Rican team, and you've seen a lot of fans. And I think that's helped a lot of things with baseball bringing they having that different culture and ex- exciting drums and a lot of uh, music going on. And just but was it that, like that in 2017? I'm not to interrupt you, but 
Yeah. No, it was it was, it was electric, and and I I think um it was the Dominican game we played. I know I wasn't pitching. I pitched the day before. And it was just so my, my heart it was coming out of my chest how loud it was, and I'm like nervous for every pitcher going in because it's just so loud. It made it such a great playoff experience. I think that prepared me for the season because I was amped up and just seeing the the excitement from the crowd. I think it's it's baseball. We're entertainers, so it's it's seeing that entertainment from the fans and then driving our game so uh such a great show. And, and it just seen this year how the fans has just helped out and seen that moment of Trout and, and Otani it just, it just was epic to see because it's just, it's, we're, sh- we're putting on a, a show, but at the same time, just seeing the great of the great players going at it. Well, and, and so looking back, you know, like, so what we do now is when we watch that, we're like, oh, look at Yoshida, look at Yamamoto, guys that we don't know. Looking back in 2017, was there anybody that jumped out? You're like, oh, wow, crap! Like I, that guy's pretty good, and that it turned out to be the guy in the major leagues. Um, I don't remember his name, but it was uh, he? I think he was a first baseman of the Japanese team that we, or outfielder that came in, and we had uh, young young Su Kim as well played in that classic, and and it gave gave me a lot of people opportunities to get 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 a. Uh, free agent signing or offseason signing to be able to play major league and having bringing more great talents to be able to play against. And I think that's been a, a great situation and experience. That is so true. Remember the guy? I mean, the guy who struck out a few guys, the next thing you know, he's signed by the Tigers, I think. It's like the yeah, yeah. Game. Yeah. That's 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 what I say is is a really good experience and giving a lot of opportunity. So the um so just I appreciate your time real quick. The uh I do want to ask you about your perception of the time of the Orioles this past year. The about I was around that clubhouse a little bit, but it was a unique one, right? I mean, you when you go through so many losing seasons and then you come out on the other side and then you win over a hundred games, it's the culture. The culture flips a switch, you know, the confidence flips a switch. What was your perspective of it from your from being there? Um, it's, it was great. Uh, can't complain. I, I literally saw when I was there when the losing and, and I got to play against them in 2022 when I was with the Cubs and seeing that, uh, seeing, seeing it a lot of great things and give a lot of, uh, praise to Michael Elias. He's, he did a really great job turning everything around and seeing up, seeing that Cedric Mullins, I got to see his debut. Austin Hayes, I got to see his debut at a young age of 17. And Mullins in 18. Seeing now being back and seeing now they're growing and seeing how they matured and being able to see the the great draft picks that with, uh, with Atlee and stuff, a situation like that. It's just, it was a really great being in that situation, being on that team, seeing the youth and seeing the, the drive they had going off in 2022 when they did just missed the playoffs and going and going into to uh this year and being the winning the east and that's really hard i've been with the american league east for a long time get, facing against those uh powerhouses with the blue jays at the time and the yankees and red sox and just seeing that orioles coming back on top is really great uh did you see it, did you see it coming did you see, i mean you you like you said you went through man you went through the dark days 
Well, I did see it come. That's why I went back to the Orioles, and I knew confident, and I appreciate Michael Eyes reaching back, reaching out, and signing me to go go back there, be a, a veteran presence. And yes, yeah, so unfortunately, I was hurt for the first time, but I was in the dugout, got to still uh, be that uh, older veteran to talk to guys, give them experience, and seeing Batista in the bullpen and Cano out of nowhere comes out. Cano having an amazing. Uh, season he didn't even come uh wasn't he didn't even break for opening day and now he's one of our best elite uh relievers in the in the game. So it was a it was a great situation and great cause of the atmosphere of what they'd gone through and ha- lo- losing and understanding how to fail and how to succeed. It's been a great uh experience to see that that like comes I said, up. Like I said Michael, I appreciate your time. The last question is I we asked almost everybody this there's no wrong answers. No wrong answers. Why isn't baseball boring? Again, it can be a one-word answer. It can be a five. I mean, it doesn't matter. For you, why isn't it may, I assume you think baseball isn't boring, but uh, as 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 what you always we always say is America's pastime. Like it's been there for hundreds of years, and your grandparents teach their young uh, grandsons or your dad. And it's just a it's just to put in a one. Put in words is America's pastime. Perfect, perfect. And listen, if uh, I appreciate you, you, I know the street cred that you just gave your kids going to that classroom. That is, <laughs> that, that is bigger than anything. That is bigger. I really appreciate your time. No, I appreciate. It. Thanks for having me.